again. It's another opportunity that we get to share with you, our listeners, here as we come together for what we know and what we call What's Up Cuz. I'm Dr. David Brock, and I'm so grateful for another opportunity to share with you guys today. And we're so grateful for all of you that have listened to our previous broadcast and those of you that are tuning in and subscribing on the various platforms. And I am here with the one and only, the gorgeous and beautiful Dr. Sharon McDaniel. And as I like to say, what's up, cuz? What's up, cuz? You know, every time I come, I'm just, you know, I just show up just so you can say I'm beautiful and things like that. So thank you. <laughs> well, it's the truth. Oh, it you. is the truth. I tell you what, you all can't see her, but if you saw how she looks right now, she came into the studio and I mean, she's glamorized, y'all. She's got her lips did, her eyes is on. She is looking fabulous. I was ready to go and change and put a tuxedo on so that I could be halfway prepared to be in this mood, in this room with her today. But we are so grateful to all of you all. We don't take it lightly. Those of you who have tuned into previous um, broadcasts of What's Up Cuz and who have shared feedback with us um, about the uh, subject matter that we've shared. And so we appreciate your feedback and we appreciate your kind words and we like to hear from you guys. So as you uh, subscribe to the various platforms and as you listen, please feel free to reach out to us and tell us what you like. Tell us what we can do better. We want to make sure that our experience and our opportunities and the things that we share are relevant or relevant, not relevant. That's elephant and relevant put together. Elephant, relevant. Making up words, sir. I'm making up words. All right. That is in the Ebonic Dictionary. Okay. That's a new word for this week. There'll be a test on it after the broadcast. But we want to make sure that what we share with you is relevant and applicable to your lives, that you can grab something from it. So we've heard some great feedback from individuals who have listened to our podcast and decided to make some changes, decided to reach out to their doctors and to do some things differently. So we're excited. And so here we are again, and we're coming to you, and we are coming off the cuff. We had an idea, and we just thought, uh, what better thing than to take a moment and to share with you the importance and the power of information, not knowledge. And so we were talking and we decided to, you know, hey, let's get together and let's share and let's talk about something that truthfully is not always talked about and not always something that is done. A lot of people don't like to read. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even though we knew in school, they said reading is fundamental. It's fundamental. You know, but a lot of people don't like to read. And I myself was not a reader. I did not like to read. I just read enough to get by, enough to get it done. I didn't read uh, uh, enough to be a, 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 a... um, a scholar, if you will, or anything. And I remember one time I was watching the late Dr. Miles Monroe. Mm. And Miles Monroe shared uh, that he said he reads at least three books a week. Oh, okay. Hey, yeah, yeah. You got me big. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might be reading five books at a time, right. but I'm like reading maybe a page or two out of five different books. Yeah, so. you sound like me. I have like five books on my nightstand. <laughs> yes. I pick them up and read a page and I'm like, okay, praise the Lord. Now put that down for a while and digest yes. that. But he said he reads, uh, he reads the paper every day. He said he would read the paper every day, but he also said that he reads at least three books a week and wow. they showed a picture of his library and mm. it was just it was just ridiculous in terms of books and he's uh, he was an avid reader and he loved to read and he he made a statement that I never forgot he said a a a man or a woman that does not read has a narrow view of the world mm. 
That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and so that was critical, you know, and it, it caused me to begin to read. And I actually prayed and asked God to help me develop a, a, a desire to read. And then I began to read. I began to read a little bit and force myself. And I actually started reading with the daily bread. Oh, that's really good. Excellent. <laughs> and, and I grew from that place. Yes. So so today we're sharing with you all, and I'm grateful we're going to spirit, uh, spend, spend some time just talking to you guys about some books that we're reading. Mm-hmm. And why we feel that uh, these books are are uh, great books, or great reads, easy reads, and and some of the things that we've gleaned from them. So we hope you'll lean in and you'll listen and you'll peer in. And we hope by the time we finish uh, our time with you today that you will find yourself going and picking up a book, some book, and starting to enrich your life through the purpose of reading. So, 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 Doc, why don't you share with us why is reading important to you? Oh, you know, as you said, and as, um, you know, you were, as you were talking, I was thinking, so it really creates an opportunity for us to look at alternatives, right? We come with our own perspectives based on our own experiential learning, based on how we've kind of um, shown up in the world. And so reading allows us to expand our knowledge, if you will. And so um, it, it, I just enjoy other people's perspectives. I enjoy um, being able to to think through. Well, Sharon, you think about that, but what about this um, as a as a thesis, if you will? And so I've just I've always enjoyed reading, um, but I think I now separate it. So there's that scholarly reading that can be very dense, right, right. and then there's the leadership stuff that I'm always enjoying. You know, what right. do I get out of that? And then there's the you know the nonfictional, if you will, or the fictional. Um, and so I'm really, depending on the genre, depending on what's going on in the world, I might be interested in a, a, a particular book or someone else's thoughts. So I think it's really important. Well, we know, uh, you know, is people like to say, if Oprah says it, then it must be true. Uh, <laughs> and Oprah, we know, always has her book of the month club. Yes. And, she, and she can take a reader that nobody knew and mm-hmm. she can just say, hey, this is a good read. And that book just sells off the market, you know. And I, I know that, you know, when I'm walking in the airport and I look in, uh, uh, books are still on sale. Books, are, you know, I know we got Kindles and we got other things, but I'm I'm a person, I don't know about you, but I like the physical I book. I like the physical yeah. book. I yes. like to hit the pages mm. and I like to underline. I'll write, yeah. and, yeah. I'll write in the margins <laughs> yes. and all that. What was yes. I saying there? You know, I yes. might not be able to read what I wrote, but at least I, you know, in that moment. Right? Me too. Me too. And that, you know, and, 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 and my, my former was a avid reader and she mm. would read it. Sometimes we read the same book. Mm-hmm. And so if I would read a book that she was reading or she would read a book I read, then, you know, I found myself saying, well, why did she write this note right here? Mm-hmm. What what spoke out of what what did what point did that mean to her? And sometimes right. I would ask and say, why did you write that there? Mm-hmm. Why did you, you know, you know, and try to get her understanding? Because, we, you know, we both can read a book. But both of us walk away with a, a different total meaning. different meaning yes. and a total different understanding. That's like the Bible, right? <laughs> For real. For real. Yes. You know, we read something and be like, uh-uh, that ain't I, what I, I read. I didn't get that one. I didn't get that one. You go on, That's brother preacher. That's not my revelation right there. <laughs> At all. And I don't want it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So we want to share with you guys just for, you know, our time together today. We want to share just a few books that we're reading and really maybe, you know, share with you the, the, the why and some of the nuggets or a nugget or two that we got from that book. We're not endorsing any particular mm-hmm, book no. or whatever. We're telling you all what we're reading and what we've got out of it. And hopefully, you know what I was thinking as we were doing this, we hope that you will do this. And I'm going to go out on a limb. 
I, I need you all to do this. If you'll do this, I'm going to go out on a limb. I want you to share with us. Put in when you go to whatever platform you're listening or whatever else. Put it in the notes or make a comment. Let us know what books you're reading. Yes, and I want to see who's reading a book. Mm-hmm. And guess what? I'm going to pick somebody out of that that puts down a book they're reading. And we're going to pick something. Uh, Sharon and I, Doc, Doc D Square and I, as I like to call her, we're going to go and we're going to look at the comments. And we're going to pick somebody. And we're going to send you a gift card. We're going to read back out to you. And we're going to send you a gift card that you can go to. Barnes and Noble somewhere else buy a book or go to lunch or whatever we're going to send you a token so we want to see who's reading and what you're reading so again as as you're hearing this you know, take a moment, put in the comment section on whatever platform you're on or go to our Facebook page at What's Up Cuz on Facebook. You can go to our Facebook page and you can put a note there wherever you do. We want you to reach out to us. Tell us what you're reading and somebody's going to have lunch and buy a book on us. That's great. I just spent her money. Well, you know what, Doc, you know, I told you, you, you listen, we were just talking earlier, sir, about your shopping habits. So you have just made my point. <laughs> exactly. I, I'm not spending for six months, but I will give up or give away some somebody else's money. (laughs) So I just did. So again, we want you to listen. And as you share, as we share today, again, go to our Facebook page. What's up cuz on Facebook, like the page that way, when we post our our episodes and a podcast, you'll get the notification, but also we want you to share and let us know what you're reading. And somebody, as I said, is going to have lunch and get a book on us. So doc, why don't you start off? Why don't you tell us one of the books you're reading and, and, and the why, and I might just ask you a question or two. All right. That's good. Well, thank you so much for that. And I think I, I really loved your, um, your intro to this. So as you all know that I'm, I'm in a space of leadership and so I'm always looking for leadership books. And so one of the ones that I read um, and continue to read is the simple truths of leadership 52 Ways to Be a Servant Leader and Build Trust, Making Common Sense in Common Practice. And so it's by Kim Blanchard and Randy Conley. And what they do, Doc, is really they give you 52 nuggets of wisdom. Um, And so with that, it's just like, okay, so I'll start with number one, of course. And so simple truth number one is servant leadership is is best the best way to achieve both great results and and significant relationships. Again, servant leadership is the best way to achieve both great results and significant relationships. And so they talk about that when we're looking at um, people in our organizations, we need to make sure that they're aligned with the with the business, right? And that our goals that we're um, articulating and trying to achieve our SMART goals. And many, pe- many people know about SMART goals, but they're uh, specific, they're motivating, they're attainable, they're relevant, and they're trackable. And they talk about that we have to praise people. So in this, in this truth, this is the about building relationships. We have to understand, and I thought this one was interesting, we, had to un- we have to understand the difference between reprimand and redirection, reprimand and redirection and so they're talking about that you know everyone is different people learn differently and so we have to make sure that we tell people uh, where they've done well and we also have to let them sit in the mistake we have to let them sit in the mistake because too often we're trying to rescue people from the mistake because we don't want that to sting but they really said sit in the mistake and let them know they're bigger than the mistake but they also need to be able to understand and learn from this mistake so you said yeah. wow what, what were you thinking? i said wow because a lot of times as you said we we 
we want to move quickly from the mistake. Mm-hmm. And if we don't learn from that moment, we're destined to repeat it again. Right, that's right. You know, and, and one, one person said, I can't remember who quoted it, who said it, but they said everything is a learning opportunity. Every failure, every mistake is a learning opportunity. Yes. You can learn from it and become better. And a lot of times, as you said, you know, if we rescue somebody and we pull them out. Mm-hmm. We might get them out and they don't have the learning. Yes. They, they missed the, the point. And as a result, we find ourselves a month, a week, a year, somebody, we're back here and we're like scratching our head wondering how, how do we, how do we get here again? Right, <laughs> you know? absolutely. And so that's why I said, wow, let them sit in the mistake. That was, it was a powerful statement. Let them sit in it, but let them know they're bigger than. They're bigger than, they're bigger than. I um, supervised a, a person one time and he would say, doc, I'm going to get this wrong three more times. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I appreciate that because his learning trajectory is like, okay, um, now I, I see what I did, but I'm going to get this wrong three more times and so we were like we would laugh at it okay is that number one two where we at right right so, right but at, but that was the moment to give them the freedom to learn and to to sit in the era and continue to grow and develop so we have to have tolerance and patience for that learning process and that's what they're saying yeah, that that's really good because i remember when i was uh, working with you and there would be times when i would fumble the ball and you would say to me okay mm-hmm. i'm okay that you fumble mm-hmm. But what did you learn? Yes. You know, and then if I couldn't say what I learned, you say, oh, okay, then we need to go back and visit this. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I fumbled. Okay, before she asked me what I'm getting. <laughs> right, right. You're like, okay, here's what but, happened. Right. But, but here's was, the learning. But it was a, lear- it was a learning mm-hmm. experience. And so when the when the first time I fumbled in, in a situation, you know, you were like, okay. You said, listen, I don't have a problem with you fumbling. Yes. I don't have a problem. I only have a problem if you're not going to grow from this mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm, you know, so that's mm-hmm. kind of what you're saying yes. about letting them sit in that moment. That's right. You know, so that, that they're better having be having gone through this. And as we like to say, not bitter as a result that's of right. it. So that, that's And that's powerful. that, you know, that experiential learning that we talked about, right? Because... Um, too often we can be harder on ourselves. And so we also have to forgive ourselves um, as we make that error, knowing that we're bigger than the error and also forgive ourselves and, 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 and move away from that um, perfectionistic um, ideology, if you will, because we're all going to make mistakes as we move on. And so I'll just share a, a couple of more of the um, truths that they talk about. Okay. So um, number 16, they said people with humility don't think less of themselves. They think of themselves less. So people with humility don't think less of themselves. They think less of them. They think of themselves less. Right. Right. And so that's pretty cool. Um, Leadership lesson number 27. Leadership begins with trust. Okay. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we say we trust folks, but we got in order for us to begin to build that. We have to be we have to have that as a part of our DNA, that leadership begins with trust. Number 34. A relationship with no trust is like a cell phone without a service um, or internet. All you can do is play games. <laughs> so you're just playing games on the cell phone because there's no internet and there's no service. So if you don't have trust, then it's, you know, I thought that was pretty um, funny. Um, number 43, they said that um, since you were given two ears and one mouth, we should listen more than we speak. <laughs> I just I just heard that this morning on something. Okay. Yeah, somebody mm-hmm. just said that this morning. And then number 50, apologizing is not necessarily an admission of guilt, but is an admission of responsibility. So like we are taking responsibility for that situation. So and apologizing. And then the last one, the 50, uh, 52nd one, they talked about forgiveness is letting go of hope for a better past. 
you know, so you can't change the history, but we got to move forward. Okay. So you got to let go of what happened yesterday. And that's about the forgiveness. Let, let go of that and move forward. So it's like, we have to, you know, engage and, and lean into forgiveness. That, that's good stuff right there. And I, and I know we got other books that we're going to get to, but that, this one we could talk on. This. We know. like to say that'll preach. That'll preach. But, you know, it's in that forgiveness piece, I remember when Melissa and I were going through our premarital counseling with our with our pastor, uh, Bishop Dennis. He said to us, the secret to longevity is forgetting. Mm-hmm. He said, a lot of times you say, I forgive. He said, but you don't forget. You stay in that moment. You keep thinking of that moment. You don't let it go. He said, so every day you got to learn to forget. Yes, forget yes. whatever happened that might not have been the best, but keep on making new memories. He said, but forget and yes. learn how to let go. So that's that part of forgiving. That's yeah. good. And I think, you know, because leadership is in all spaces. It's not just in organizations. It's in our homes. It's in our relationships. It's in our ministries. And so I'm taking these 52 nuggets is it can be used anyway and so talk to me about what you're reading sir well i'll, I'll go she, she went to the leadership side so i'll go to the fictional side for a minute okay. you know one of, one of my favorite writers is john gresham mm. and i like his writings and so i've read just about all that he uh has written i love you know all of his legal mind and, yes. and around he writes a lot in the legal space or whatever and he wrote a lot of movies and things like that but uh, one of his other books that he wrote was one called a time to kill and it's a story about a young lawyer who is defending a black man in a racially charged uh, city of, mm-hmm. of, of uh, in mississippi, mississippi of yes. all places mm-hmm. and so it it's 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 gripping to me because, um, you know, in times that we are walking in, in the spaces we're walking in around George Floyd and all these other things that has taken place and um, the injustices that we see, the themes of this book are around justice and around morality uh, and race relations. And so it's it's really, even though he wrote it a while ago, yes. it's really touching today. Mm-hmm. And and so normally I shy away from books and, and movies and things where uh, African-Americans are being mistreated or whatever. But this book is so gripping because it, it really speaks to the issues that are real in our society today. And it speaks to uh, justice and how we have to fight for justice regardless of its costs. And that's a statement he made. So he said, anybody fighting for justice, it's going to cost them. And sometimes he makes a statement that is so riveting. And he says, anybody fighting for justice, they need to know that justice is going to cost them. Mm -hmm. He goes on to say that sometimes justice will cost you more than you want to pay. Wow. And so, you know, that's, and, and it's not just that, but that's in anything really when you're pursuing anything in a relationship or whatever, whenever you're all in, if you will, Mm -hmm. you know, it's going to cost you something. And so this book, I I love it because, you know, I don't want to give it the end. So if you read it, you'll understand it's called time to kill. I don't want to be a spoiler alert, but it's really a book that I found helped me to even look at what are, what are some of the things I believe in? Mm -hmm. What are, what are some of my moral standards? What are, what are some of the things that I, I'm willing to do and where where am I not necessarily uh, lending myself to the cost of justice, if you will. And so it's a very, very good thought provoking book, but I love the end. 
Yes. And I'll just say that in the end, you mm-hmm. know, I love, mm-hmm. I love books. My mom was an avid reader and my mother would always read and she would always read the back of the book first. Oh, so do and, I. Oh, okay. So you're like my mother. <laughs> she would read the back of the book first. She said, I didn't like, she said, I don't like to read books where the, where the main character dies or where this happens or where that happens or whatever. But this book, A Time to Kill by John Gresham is a great book, a great read, an easy read. It's a great thriller and if you like a thriller this is one to grab and one to read it's fictional Mm -hmm. so it takes you away from the realities of the day but it kind of keeps you connected to the realities of the day and doc i don't know if you remember but um that's when we were first um early on introduced to matthew mcconaughey and samuel because they were in uh, the movie so i saw and sandra bullock so all of them all of them (laughs) like oh yeah so that was a while ago but it's such a riveting um, movie and book no matter what time you read it and again like you said the context is 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 critical for today for right today. Mm-hmm. for today even though so it was written a while ago, a while so ago that's that's one of my books so uh, I'll, I'll i'll punt back over to you what you got excellent excellent well you know um another leadership book that i actually had us read at the office was called the four pivots and mm. you remember that book, yes i um, do and so <laughs> it's actually someone that i know dr sean um Jenright, he um, re- writes the book, The Four of Pivots, Reimagining Justice, Reimagining Ourselves. And really he talks about um, just really this whole notion of how do we move through some of the challenges that we're dealing with today, centering when you think about George Floyd, as we just spoke about, and some of our um, challenges around race relations. But he talked about how do we think about it in the context of um ourselves so reimagining ourselves because we're a part of that change and so he really takes us through four pivots and the first pivot is from lens to mirror and he has like uh, three areas that he writes about reflection truth and clarity and that whole um pivot number one is really about ourselves right okay. it's that when we talk about that mirror work right you got to do your own work you can't be saying oh well Listen, ma'am and sir, you know, here's what's about you. <laughs> you you got to be that ma'am and sir. Absolutely. You, you got to take that to take that good look in the mirror and say, how am I contributing to whatever it is that I'm thinking or my um, thoughts or my, um, you know, just my, my attitude and my perspective that might not be tested, but it's where I'm coming from. And so really kind of doing our own work and then talking, talking about what does truth mean and how do you get clarity? So that, uh, first, uh, chapter or that whole uh, segment is so essential in terms of starting the journey, if you will. Then he moves us to pivot two, which is, uh, moving from transactional to transformative. You know, most of our relationships are very transactional. Mm-hmm. But when you think about how you're transforming, like even when I think about this podcast, our relationship is being transformed right. through the things that we're talking about. And so um, I'm really grateful for that because we're just leaning in in spaces that we didn't even think that we would. Right, but right. it's really transforming um, not only our relationship, but how do we touch others in a way? So I'm just, I'm grateful for that. But he talks about in that particular pivot, belonging, care, and vulnerability. And he uses a lot of Brene Brown. Speaking of Oprah, you know, Oprah and, and Brene are pretty tight. And I use... Um, 
uh, Brene Brown's work and my work with my doctoral work around vulnerability. But he talks about this is a space that we really have to lean in and talk about what we are uncomfortable um, uh, talking about. And so those isms and schisms that we have, our own personal bias that we have to get through. And so really that whole idea of moving from that transactional relationship with ourselves and others to transforming it, what will that look like and how are you going to do your own mirror work and then lean into your vulnerability? Well, B, if I stay at the surface level of transaction, that means I give you what you need, you give me what I need yes. and I'm out. You yes. know, it's like me going into the store. I want this shirt. Here's the money. I'm out. I don't That's have it. to. I don't have to know who the cashier is. Yes. I don't need to know her address, her name, or nothing. Here, it's a transaction. I'm giving you this. You give me that. I'm out of here. Yes. It does not require much of me. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about transforming and changing into something else and becoming vulnerable, which is a cuss word to most people, mm-hmm. especially you know, it's it's amazing how we can be in relationship with individuals but never become vulnerable with that individual. Uh, as you just said, we yes. stay transactional. Yep. You know, I only deal with them to the level that I need to, you know. And so when you start thinking about being being uh, transforming and being vulnerable, being vulnerable means I have to let you in. Yes. And I have to be willing to see you get to see me naked, if you will. When I, I'm saying at my worst sometime or I don't get to dress up and pretend, you know, because mm-hmm. we like to pretend we get dressed up. You know, we fix up the outside. We get our hair did, our nails did. Yes. We get our brothers. We put our cologne on and our suits <laughs> and our clothes and, you know, we get our swag on or whatever. And we look great on the outside. Mm-hmm. But many times we are a whole mess on the inside. Yes, yes, and yes. So when you're talking about doing that mirror work, looking in the mirror and becoming honest, I think, you know, that's the first piece. You got to be honest about where you are, Yes. you know, and, you know, I don't have it all together like I think. Mm -hmm. And I'm grateful even in my uh, space and where I'm at. A lot of times people, because of what I do, being a pastor and being a bishop and traveling and preaching and people see you on stage or they see you up in front and they a lot oftentimes think you got it all together. Mm -hmm. But there's been times I have preached great messages and stepped off the stage saying, God, if you don't help me, because I know me, you know, and so I'm grateful for having individuals in uh, my life that I have learned to allow into those spaces to help me be better, Mm -hmm. you know, so the relationship is no longer transactional, but it is just that it's transformative and I receive and I'm better as a result of those relationships. And you know, I mean, you said something too, um, that whole idea of being responsible now to be in relationship. And so he talks about this whole notion of belonging, and this is one of the, the uh, areas that he writes about. But he talks about that belonging gives us identity, meaning, mm. connection, and purpose. And so if I'm in a transformative relationship with you, I'm also concerned. I'm also helping you um, with identity because I'm now belonging to your group. Right. He also talks about that that requires this deep connection. So when we think about faith. When I think about vulnerability, it's like when you open yourself up to God, that is, you are so vulnerable, right? Absolutely. And so when you go and you have that faith experience, it's also building that connection, but you're also vulnerable. You're vulnerable to what you don't know or what you may hear um, about yourself. So just opening up and having that truth time, I think, is what you really articulated um, quite beautifully. Yeah, I think it's being uncomfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes, that's good. Or, or I should say being comfortable with, with being, being uncomfortable, uncomfortable is what yes, I meant to say. Yes, yeah, yes. That, that's really that's really it. That's whew, that, that, We could talk about that again. Forever. As I said, that'll I'll, preach. That'll preach. So <laughs> then he goes to pivot um, three, and it's, it's really um, going from problem to possibility. And you know, one thing he talks about is that we are intoxicated with problems. We love problems. 
He's like, okay, when are we going to move to the solution? Right. And I remember I, I was just talking to someone yesterday, and I said, okay, so we can talk about the problems till the cows come home. But what are the solutions? Let's be more solution-focused. So it really talks about, like, we can identify the problem, but we got to move to the possibilities as well. And so he goes into, in that area, he talks about perspective, possibility, and outlook. And I just really loved his idea in terms of, that perspective that we have to do things, we have to take a perspective that is close up and that's at a distance simultaneously. And that the, the close up allows us to look at sort of the micro issues. But then that far distance allows us to look at that mi- uh, macro. So looking at some of the systemic issues. So when we think about poverty as an example. Up close and per- personal, we can see the, um, the aftermath of poverty. But then at that macro level, what are the systemic issues that causes poverty? So those wow. are some of the things that he wants us to look, look at. And then we have to examine this through that, uh, what I call the perspective analysis, through the iceberg that he talks about, because we can see the events on top. Right. But what happens at the lower levels, the trends and the, the way things are going, and he talks about at the deepest level, it really is about understanding what are the systemic um, factors that cause the um, idea of racism, that causes poverty. So really getting to, to go to the deep, deepest levels, that's really where he says our mental models are. And we were talking about mental models the other day. It's the thing that makes us think about a certain way or or drawing assumptions based on our mental model. And I go back to that experiential learning. And one of the things that um, I'll bring another theorist that I just love and adore is Peter Senge. And Peter Senge, years ago, when I was doing um, so work, I think was my master's level, that's when I was introduced to um, the whole idea of organizational learning. And what Peter Senge says is that we take leaps of extraction. So basically, we assume something is true without having the data. How often do we do that? And that's really coming from our perspective and our mental models. And so Dr. Jenright is saying that we have to begin to examine those things in a very different way. So the four pivots, I'll just tell you, is just um, amazing. And then the last pivot, he talks about hustle and flow. And in the three areas that he talks about, flow, rest, and wild. But I'll just talk about uh, two of them. He talks about our frenzy. And he talks about, you know, our frenzy is really our um, busyness because we are so busy. How many times do we say, oh, no, if we're not busy, then we're not getting the work done. Right. Right. And so we are just so um, enamored with having every inch of our time being used. You know, used to say, Doc, how many projects you got going on? Right, right. (laughs) 92, man. (laughs) You know, I got 92 (laughs) projects going on. So it really talks about that we got to rethink all of these projects and the frenzy of being busy. Um, and that we have these unrealistic expectations that we should, we sh- all every time inch of our time should be occupied. No, but he talks about moving from that hustle, which is that frenzy, to flow, which is that calm, balance, and harmony. Wow! And that really then allows us to lean into creating new ways and new pathways that we can think about. Um, our awareness to do thing, things conscientiously. And he said that it's the state of being consistent, focused, nearly effortless activities that allows us to produce consistent results. Wow, that's good stuff. That's good stuff yeah. right there. And so the, the idea is that we have to move from this frenzy to this calm so and that it becomes effortless. So that I'll just tell you this um, for pivots, it is something good. And really it helps us with our social justice journey, particularly around these isms and schisms that we're dealing with on a daily. 
Well, I was listening to you, you know, and I, I have, and I, I shared this with you before, but to the listeners, I have a a file on my phone that I put quotes in, mm. you know, and so when things strike me, I got this whole quote file, and sometimes I go back, and, and you had said this, um, and it just thought about when you're talking about the four pivots, you said this one time, I don't know what date you said it, but it has your, your name by it, so it was, it was you. You said that oftentimes we're lovers of the problem, which is oppression in situations, but talkers of solutions. Mm. I don't know if you remember saying that yeah, or not, probably, but but yeah. but yeah, we, we love to talk about the problem, uh-huh. you know, and we talk about solutions, but we don't move into them. We don't we, don't, we don't move into them. And so that just hit, that just hit me. And then to close it out was another quote. I was like, wow, she's in my quote file quite often. <laughs> I, I noticed another one here was it, to sum up what you just said on, on pivot four. You said one time we were talking, you said you must embrace inconvenience because the sacrifice of change is never about convenience. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember saying that one yes. either. So yeah. you, you made my quote file a couple of times. Well, and so, I'm, I'm really yeah. happy that I'm, you know, I didn't even notice you had a little quote file on. <laughs> oh, this, I got so, some you know. quotes. Oh, I got goodness. some things in here. I'm telling you well, some things you that have that. come, uh, some things that have come to me, you know, and I, I and some of them I wrote in and, and different things. But, you know, I was just listening when you were talking, it just took me back. And so I grabbed my phone and I opened up to look at quotes. But we're 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 in this thing. And so I know we got to keep it moving. I but, know. What, what, what but, else you got going on? Well, over I, got, there, I, I got another book that that I'm reading. And that, so I broke mine down into fictional reads and into developmental reads and things that help me be better. And oh, one you're trying to go yeah, deep. Yeah, yeah I'm, right. being Develop- I'm being developmental. Developmental, he said. Develop- Developmental books. I'm reading <laughs> developmental books. Yes, I am. <laughs> one of the things that one of the books that I've read is a, a book uh, that is written by Tory Roberts. He's a, a pastor and a, um, he's actually the son-in-law uh, of T.D. Jakes. Mm, yes. He's married to T.D. Um, to Jakes' daughter. And he wrote a book um, that would probably be considered self-help, if you will. But he wrote a book called Wholeness. Mm. And this book is uh, really helping individuals to work at, at that inner peace. It kind of goes along with you talking about the four pivots. It's, it's talking about addressing areas of one's life. You know, we have all we have all gone through some things. We yes. have all had some traumatic experiences and, and, and all of us have faced trauma and, mm-hmm. and, and drama at some point in our lives. And some of our drama and some of our trauma, we've caused ourselves. Yes. Amen, Lord. Amen. Amen. And then there's other times that we did not. Mm-hmm. And we are the, on the receiving end of a situation or a result. And he talked about his trying to navigate life broken. Mm. And and a lot of times, you know, there's a saying that they say hurt people hurt people. Yes. And a lot of times we as leaders, we uh, sometimes as pastors and just individuals being in relationship, if we have not dealt with our own struggle, if we have not faced and taken a chance to do the mirror work, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. and look in the mirror, oftentimes we uh, move in and out of relationships and we're in pain. Yep. And we're and that pain screams out. You know, and sometimes that pain is screaming when you don't even realize it's screaming. <laughs> you know, everybody else sees it and say, oh, my goodness. You know, and you're thinking you're all right. But in the meantime, you're bleeding everywhere. All broken You know, all, all in pieces. You need stitches and you need surgery and everything else. Well, he really talks about 
you know, looking at his life and having to stop and take a look at your life and, and, and look around the emotional and mental and physical and, and, and even the spiritual aspects of your life. And so he was talking about how he kept trying to function broken. Mm. And I, you know, in reading the book, I began to realize that there were some areas in my life where I was broken, you know, and some things that had happened to me. And one of the things that really came and I thought I was cool and I thought I was okay, but I had to really admit, you know, those of you that may know me know that my mother passed away suddenly in a house fire Mm -hmm. and I had to really come it was this book that made me sit there and say for a minute like you know what wait a minute God I I got an issue with you you know (laughs) I'm not really cool like I'm trying to act like Mm -hmm. I'm cool I'm being cool for everybody I'm on stage oh God is a wonder we praise God but inside I had to sit there and I had to really get honest with myself and say you know what God that was jacked up Mm, okay. You know, I, I, that was messed up. That was jacked up. I, I, you know, my mother loved you. She served you and everything. How could you let her die in a house fire? Mm-hmm. And how could you this and how could you that? And it was in that moment God spoke to me and God was like, he said, David, and, and this way God talks to me now. Uh-huh. Y'all got some of y'all got that. Yeah, you thou my son, God. I, I just got that one to say, hey, boy. You know? <laughs> I got that me plain too, English like, Jesus. What's up, girl? You're right. I got the plain English <laughs> yes, Jesus. Yes. You know, uh, you know. some of y'all got the King James Jesus. But it's okay. Whatever one you got, I'm good. Uh, you know, whether you got the Message Bible Jesus or whether you got the New NIV Jesus. I'm like the plain you know? one. <laughs> I need the plain one. And, and in that moment, God really was so gracious to me. And he spoke. And he said to me something that really made me really think. He said, David. If I would have let you tuck your mother in and kiss her goodnight and she would have slept away, would she be any more with me? Mm. And he said, you're fixating on how. And it matters not how a person is when they die. It matters how their heart is when they die. It doesn't matter how they die. Mm -hmm. You know, death is death. It is Mm -hmm. pointed on the man once to die. You don't get to die two times. And then the judgment. So I sat there and it caused me to begin to really look and become honest with God about some of the things that I had dealt with, some Mm -hmm. of the things that I struggled with, some of my failures that had become public and, you know, some of my, my, my shortcomings that had become public, Mm -hmm. but it helped me to really get to the place where I sat down and I looked strategically in, in, in my life and had to get honest. And it really helped me to move to a place where I'm now able to say I'm functioning from a hold healed space and not functioning out of brokenness. That's good. You know, a lot of times, and I'll say this and then I'll move on so we can get out of here because we'll be here till tomorrow. <laughs> uh, you know, a lot of times we really uh, try to function over our pain yes, and function over our brokenness. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. You know, God had to help me say, say this. And I say this to anybody listening. It's okay to say you're not okay. That's right. You know, that's that vulnerability that we talked it. about exactly. earlier, right? It's like, you know, I mean, because God loves our honesty. He right. already knows. I mean, it's our, it's in our heart. Right. So to articulate that, I believe that's where healing begins because it, you've said it out loud. Absolutely. And to your point, yeah. I remember when, you know, I've, I've walked into another space that was a broken place was my daughter when my mm-hmm. daughter Tiffany passed away. You know, 22 years old, she's supposed to have life and promise and all this. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then because of an error of the doctor, she's no longer here. And I remember one Sunday morning I was walking and I looked in the living room and her picture that, uh, that was in the living room was there on the stereo her high school graduation picture and I remember grabbing that picture and having a whole meltdown in my living room I remember being on the floor in a fetal position screaming and I'm now I'm a professional don't y'all try this I you know I'm a professional I work for Jesus y'all I literally doc I did I lost it and I cussed God out I told God how could you you this you that you ain't this you ain't that and desert I'm not this I'm never preaching again I'm never I'm not doing church no more matter of fact I'm gonna find me the biggest bottle of Hennessy and I'm gonna drink it to prove 
after mm-hmm. you. I'm not caught. I mean, I went crazy. Went off. Mm-hmm. And when I was done, I remember hearing God ever so like a loving parent would. He said, are you done? Mm. He said, I can handle all that. Oh, that's good. And then he said, but what I couldn't handle is your cover up. I couldn't handle if you would try to act like you were okay. Mm. And a lot of times we try to act like we're okay. But I'm saying to those of you that are listening, if you're walking through a place, if something is going on in your life, it is okay to say, I'm not okay. Okay, that's good. It is okay to get that help. It is okay to talk to somebody and go and listen. And I'm just going to say this, and I know some of my pastor friends might have a problem. Not everything we go through can get prayed out. Mm, All right now. Okay, some things you got to talk out. Some things you need somebody. I said, not everything we deal with, we can't pray it out. Some stuff is talked out. Some stuff you need to go sit on the couch. You need to have that person. You need to get vulnerable, Mm -hmm. and you need to say, this is what's going on, and I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to navigate. When I get in my car and I'm going somewhere and I don't know where I'm going, like I took Melissa to dinner last night. Mm -hmm. I did not know where I was going, but I put the address in the GPS. Yes, you did. And it told me, go down the street make a left go over here make a right go down to this light go to the left it gave me directions to the door Mm. of the restaurant I was taking her to and sometimes you need to be able to say I'm not okay and let somebody help you navigate through that pain I don't don't know how we got here but that's 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 that vulnerability no that's that vulnerability and I think that's also really good because you know and as we'll have future podcasts on the whole idea of mental health I think that's what you're really just really tapping into is that that vulnerability to say, I'm not okay. Right. And I'm going to be okay, but I'm not okay in this moment. Right. And have that reality and have that center because that's the thing, again, when you're admitting it, then you're admitting that I might need, like you said, someone to talk to, but you're talking and you're also praying. So it's not one or the other. It's both and, Right. right? But you're really saying that I am not equipped and I need to use all of the people that God has put in my space, right. including the therapist. Right. Absolutely. To A- help me absolutely. in this moment. Absolutely. And I think that that is critical, you know, that that everybody and I'm saying this again, I, you know, our, our reason for sharing with you all these personal vulnerabilities and moments like this is so that you all will understand as listeners that you need somebody. We are built for relationship. Mm-hmm. We are built to be in relationship. And I'm not talking about heterosexual relationship in love with somebody. I'm talking about somebody in your life that is there to walk with you. Even the Bible says two are better than one. Mm -hmm. For if one falls, the other is there to pick them up or pick her up. So you need that person. And I know a lot of times we don't like to let people in and we're taught to be strong and men are taught not to cry. Listen, I'm here to tell you that this is one brother who has learned to cry as much as he's laughed. I've had some moments where I had to cry, where I was broken, but I'm grateful that I had people in my space that I can trust with me. Yes. You got to have that person that you can trust with you. And that's what I'm asking you that are listening. Who do you trust with mm-hmm, you? Mm-hmm. That's a good one right there. And Who I'm, do you trust with you? You know what? And you read that book and it brought all this stuff out. Huh? Yeah, it really did. <laughs> so, and we're, and we're grateful, but yes. I really honor you for just leaning into your vulnerability and just being open and honest with our listeners. Because that's, if you go back to our initial podcast, that's what we said we wanted to do. Exactly. We were just going to open up and be vulnerable. And thinking about that, you know, um, I'm reading this book, I read this book, and it's called One Word That Will Change Your Life. One word. One word. And we think about, we've been talking about vulnerability. And so this book is by John Gordon, 
Dan um, Britton and Jimmy Page. And, you know, when I was reading this, and it's a little small little book. Yeah, I was going to say, that's not a little bu- big it, book. It's about 100 pages, yeah. and it's, you know, probably uh, 16 font. So, um, you know how we're talking about making um, New Year's resolutions. Right. What they talk about is creating one word in your life for the year. Okay, just one word one for the word year. One word for the year. That's going to be transformative. That's so, going so to So I can toss my resolution out. Yeah, you can take resolution and you figure and out just a get one, one word. word. Okay. Okay. One word. So, and so my word is just consistency. So I'm very disciplined in many ways. Okay. In some other ways I'm not. And so if I think about being consistent in certain things. How is that going to help me spiritually, financially, emotionally? Um, that that's what they're talking about. And what they say is that you have to be able to look in, look out and look up. Okay. And say, so it, say it again. Look, look, look in, look in, look out and look, look out up and look up. Okay. And so the looking in is doing that introspection. What is it that I need? What is it that I want to be transformative in my life for this year? Right. So that's okay. looking in All right. and then looking up and I'll just put it this way. Looking up is like, so God, how do you center that? How do you help me understand that? And what they say is that you have to unplug in that moment when you're looking up, you have to unplug, turn the cell phone off, turn the TV off because that's your really your quiet space. Right. So you can get honest and what, what is it that I need? And what they said is that you don't want a good word. You want God's word. Okay. You don't okay. want a good word. You want God's oh, word. There's a difference. See, see, there is a difference. There's a difference. We can get some good words, Absolutely. but it's a God's word. And then looking out is how am I going to share that? What do I need? They talked about pretty much what I call a kitchen cabinet. Having those folks that you just talked about was going to hold you accountable to that one word that you talked about. But they said if you operate and have that word journal and make sure that you tell people this is my one word, um, they were going to hold you accountable to that. Okay. And you're going to see the manifestation of that one word in your life throughout the year so I thought that was pretty cool that's that's very powerful and I'm glad I didn't have that book because if I would have told you my word you'd be probably asking me remember your word Dr. Brock remember your word (laughs) but that's that but that's that is so critical you know when you were talking about those people about who will hold you accountable you know I I, I, for some reason that statement came in my mind and said if you're the brightest bulb in your bunch you need a new bunch you need a new group if you're the smart if you're the greatest one in your group you might need a new group you need and again here we are I don't know why I keep coming back to this but you need somebody no we're not islands Mm -hmm. and we're only better the bible says iron sharpens iron which which is a metaphor meaning that you've got to have some people in your life that will make you better Mm -hmm. and you got to have some people in your life that will tell you when your breath tell stink. The, tell the truth, child. Yeah, All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't have me up here talking to you and my breath is trying to take you out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, I tell people, I'll tell you, you know, if you've ever been in my car, on the door of my car, I got all kind of mints and everything. Somebody said, oh, this is so nice you have mints. No, that is not for you. I remember being in the car. I mean, you know, that's for me. You know, let me, no, I was in the car one time and somebody's breath was almost killing me. It was two <laughs> degrees outside. I had all the windows down, okay, because I was dying in that moment. And so I stopped at the store and Got, I, you know, you know, it's bad when somebody else's breath make you go get a mint. You know what I'm saying? So, so, <laughs> so, so I did. I stopped this car, Sharon, and I went and got a mint. I got a pack. And I came back. I said, here, you want a lifesaver? They said, oh, no, 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 I'm good. I said, no, no, save my life. Okay. <laughs> save my life. But, but I'm saying, and I know we're laughing, but you really need that person or those people 
in your life that are going to help you be better, that are not afraid to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And if you have everybody around you and nobody would be honest with you, then I I, I don't know how you're going to make it. You need that person. You're not. You're not going to grow. You're going to stay stuck in your stuckness, right? Stuckness. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) You know, we make up words on all day. What's up, cuz? That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's another one for the Ebonic Dictionary. (laughs) Stuckness. Okay. (laughs) So you will just stay stuck there. And, um, but the bottom line, as you're saying, is someone Someone's going to be your accountability partner is what we've kind of heard it as, but someone's going to tell you the truth. That's going to be your opportunity to grow. And so I just really like this uh, one word uh, book. And it's like I said, um, Something that I'm going to do is just really be consistent in some of those areas of my life. Well, what else you got going over there? I'm going to ponder that book. I'm I'm going to definitely ponder that book. That's that's a good one there. Well, another book I read, and I'll just do this one. This came from uh, working with you, actually. It was a book called Winning by Jack Welsh, who Mm. is the former uh, CEO of General Electric. And the book literally is uh, a book on advice about leadership, management, business strategy. And he shares his experiences at the helm of GE. He talks about the things that uh, he found um, uh, in people and keeping the best people around. And he he shares that sometimes being a good manager is not knowing how to do the job yourself, but mm-hmm. having enough wherewithal to recognize you don't have the skill set yes. and bringing those alongside of you that that do. You know, and so he says that is what helps having good people around you, again, help you manage change and manage where you need to change and where you need to grow. Yes. And so, again, it's coming back to that thing he's talking about. Sometimes we're performance driven and we're so busy trying to uh, uh, hit the mark that we sometimes damage people and damage the process. You know, the process is not mapped out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you might get to your goal. But in the meantime, you've tore up half the company. How many bodies you got right, laying <laughs> casualties of war Uh, you know everybody bleeding you're talking about we did it and everybody's bleeding you got tourniquets and stitches and everything else so he really talks about building an organizational culture that allows uh, individuals to bring their best selves to the table Mm -hmm. and 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 not being afraid of somebody else's value add you know and so I know a lot of times in in my space as as preachers sometimes and as pastors we sometimes can get intimidated when God sends somebody into your midst or into your congregation that has a good skill set or a better skill set you know I'm not afraid I say to you all the time uh I got this idea Mm -hmm, you know or I'll mm -hmm. say I was thinking about this or hey share with me your thoughts on this because I recognize that there are some things you have achieved and some things you've done that I have not done in certain spaces Mm -hmm. and so it was it did not intimidate me I'm honored to have individuals that have a greater skill set than me me you know Mm -hmm. because I'm gonna lean in and I'm 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 gonna help them they're gonna help me shine you know help me clean up and help me look good and everything else and I'm not afraid of you know used to giving them credit and Mm -hmm. saying you know somebody said you know now sometimes I will tell somebody I'm gonna use that and I'm not gonna give you no credit but (laughs) Then most times, you know, I I will. So in winning, he really talks about improving your leadership and management skills. Uh, And he gives practical tips and strategies that can be applied to a whole range of things, your personal space as well as the organizational space. Mm -hmm. So it was a great book on winning again, but it's bringing us back to that underlying common theme that keeps ringing out here about having people. Yes, yes. And being okay with people. Well, we've been holding people on here. This is normally longer than we go, but uh, let's try to see if we can sum up two more books real quick and get out of here. Well, absolutely. Well, you know, I just wanted to say I really appreciate the book uh, winning. And um, one of the things that you really just talked about is just making sure that we bring people to the team 
that can contribute in a way that they contribute, right? right. Everyone has a different gift, talent, and abilities. But right. bringing it all together, I mean, that's really what leadership is all about, bringing, you know, not like minds but different skill sets together. And right. when you can really uh, lean in and allow people to elevate and illuminate their skills, that's the bomb right there. Yeah, I remember I was a part of, to your point, I was a part of a, a larger church in the city, and I had become a, I went on staff with that church. Mm-hmm. And their particular pastor was a great teacher, mm-hmm. great theologian and teacher. And he brought me on staff, and I'm a Pentecostal preacher, so I'm a, I'm a get up, bring it, bring it with the, the you know, have yeah, people you know, running around, the, yeah, the yeah having folk run up the wall, you know, <laughs> do some backflips and so forth. And I remember the first time he had me preach on a Sunday morning there, and I got up talking about the connotation of the word is, and that's another, you know, I preached, it was all right, it was okay. Mm-mm. And he came to my office that Monday, he came in my office and he sat down, he said, you know, David, he said, the worst thing you can do is become me. Mm. He said, there's one of me here. We don't need Just it. One. You weren't brought here to be me. Mm-hmm. I need you to be you. Yes. So the next time I got up, I was like, if you know that you know that you know that you know, <laughs> I felt free. But it was okay. He was saying to me, I'm okay with your skill set. Yes. I'm okay with what you bring to the table. And I want you to bring you that's to the so table so and good. not become me. And so that's that's what you're saying, in essence, of not being afraid to let people be them. People have to be them. And that, I mean, that's why you hired them. Or that's exactly. why you have them in your space, because you can glean from their talent skills and ability can you imagine if we're all clones of each other I know. wouldn't that be boring that would be, that would be so boring boring <laughs> every house painted the same <laughs> everybody else dressed in black and white leaders <laughs> right right exactly <laughs> walking around everybody saying the same thing we're looking sure. this thing. like do you, your your, t- your black tie that i have on one of the same it looks right. beautiful no it doesn't <laughs> no yeah right you know what you wearing today you already know you already know <laughs> <laughs> No variety, none. no diversity whatsoever. None, none. What, what else you got for us? Well, this is my little last book. And, you know, so, Doc, back in um, February, I did a Galentine's um, dinner uh, along with uh, Pastor Deborah Williams. We just wanted to do something for the women. And so we gave out this uh, magnificent book, and it's called Self-Care for Black Women, 150 Ways to Radically Accept and Prioritize Your Mind, Body, and Soul. And it's from um, Adora um, Adio, and I hope I sp- said her name right, but it is a wonderful book that um, she has it on Amazon. And so it just really gives um, just some ideas about how we should be centering ourselves as black women every day. And you can just read something. So when she talks about the mind, she wants you to um, engage in self-love and she tells you how to journal and challenging your negative self-talk and um, you know, stop pursuing perfectionism. So she really kind of gives us um, just some ideas. So she re- just on the the mind section, there is about um, 75 little sort of uh, tidbits of, of information that she gives us. Then she goes into the body. She talks about finding a black doctor, um, looking at creative art. Um, stretch before you go to bed, order takeout. I mean, she just buy new clothes. So it's just like practical okay. things that is just absolutely outstanding. S- sleep on a silk pillow. Now, everybody knows that my other life, I'm a I'm stylist. Right. And so I'm like, and a cosmetologist. And a cosmetologist. And, and like, a decorator. You, you, and a doctor. Uh, <laughs> and a doctor again. How many jobs you got in mind? 
<laughs> you know, a girl got to do what she got to do. But I tell people, no, 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 you don't have to sleep in the bonnets, but you get a silk pillow. Right. You get a silk pillowcase, right. and then you can still, you know, have that hair looking nice, but you don't have to put that bonnet on. Yeah, I got bonnet issues. Yeah, I, so you got, you know, so get that silk pillow a case, and you'll be just fine. And so she just, you know, buying cute pajamas and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And ladies, pajamas and bonnet, bonnets are for in the house. Okay, <laughs> please quit coming to the grocery store and in the mall in your bonnets. No, that's not happening. Th- yes, it is <laughs> okay. happening. We were on a flight. You know, we saw your cousins, and they was in there, and I was like, Lord Jesus, the bonnets are on the plane. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're going to have a little chat here. We're going to yes. have a mo- moment of silence for the yes. bonnet. <laughs> so then we're going to go into the soul. And so really, um, she talks about listening to our own intuition and find a mentor in your industry and play, plan a girl's trip. So she travels solo with that, you know, having um, us understand what that may look like and then have, um, you know, uh, supporting our own businesses. So she really goes into just a remarkable um, way in which she's expressing herself and making us be seen in so many different ways. So I love this little um, self-help book and self-care book. And um, so all the women got this. And then I'm going to actually sew this one into your wife. Oh, okay. Well, uh, this is her book I today. appreciate that. Uh, you're welcome. I'm, I'm sure she gets a gift. And I hear I am doing all the work, but she gets a gift. <laughs> yeah, okay. absolutely. That's uh, how that works. That's you how know that, that works. <laughs> okay, well, then she'll be better as a result of it. I'm going to tell bring her, home, you I'm bring tell home her self-care. And I'm going to say, girl, and don't be wearing no bonnet. Okay, get, get this, rid of the bonnet. This is not for you to tell her that, okay? That's why we're going to do the relationship series, because just because of what you just said. No bonnets. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, let me, let me sum up. This has been a great, great, great time and just sharing. Again, I want you all to let us know what you're reading, all right? We want to give somebody lunch. We want to give somebody a book or whatever else and what you're reading. And my last book I'll share it's a book by Dr. Tony Evans, and it's one of them uh, that I would put in my development category. And it's really called Kingdom Man. And I know when you talk about kingdom, you think church right away. But the principles of this book go along to any man, whether he is a believer, non-believer. It is really helping the man to understand and evolve in the, er- and evolve in the area of courage and responsibility, his ability to lead his, his family, uh, his ability to lead in the community, and to have humility you know, and I love it because he really does a lot in the area of communication mm-hmm. and sharing the importance of communication. You know, I tease and say women have about 3000 more words a day than men. Yes. And so we, 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 we're done. We used all of our words just about at work. So when we come home, we only got a few to make it through the <laughs> evening. So you want to have this whole long conversation. Girl, I got 10 words left for ten the rest words, of the day, and then I'm done for until tomorrow. My, new, my words are like grace. They renew at midnight. They renew every morning, all right? But, but uh, right now, I'm on my way. <laughs> I got 12 words left, and you want to have a whole conversation. You know we got about 1,200 words you got left. 1,200, you know, so... But he talks about really the importance of communication. And a lot of times, some of us, I know like me, I just want the bullet points. Get get me there. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes I'm talking to my wife and she'll be like, babe, and she'll just start a story. And I'll be like, Jesus, keep me near the cross. I'll be saying, Jesus, keep me. Now I'm trying to like, okay, okay, there's a bullet point. All right, I'll put a pin. Okay, uh, there's, right a, there. there's a bullet point. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a bullet point. She's going to get me later for saying this, but that's okay. <laughs> but, but again, it talks about the importance of communication and understanding 
understanding one another. And then it talks about really having unshakable faith. And I'm not even saying unshakable faith in God, mm. but unshakable faith in yourself, mm-hmm. believing in you as a man, yes. that you can do it as a man, that you can achieve as a man. I remember one time there was a guy at our church and I remember we were taking the offering. I'll never forget this. And he walked around and I remember he put in the offering. It was maybe about 30 cents or something like that. And he put it in the offering pan and I was standing there. And for some reason he caught my eye Mm -hmm. as he walked and he dropped it in the offering pan. But he had his head down and everything. And I said, hey, hey, come here for a minute. And I told him, I said, listen, I said, never be ashamed of what you have to give. I said, never, never, never feel bad about what you have to give. I said, you got what it takes. He said, well, I'm trying to, you know, take care of my family Mm -hmm. and I'm this. I said, okay. Okay, great. I said, man, listen, you have what it takes to take yes, care of your family. Yes. And I remember at that point he said, well, I just got a job. And I laughed because he said, I just got a job at McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And I told him in that moment, I said, you know what? I got more respect for a man that will work at McDonald's than the one that won't work at, at all, all to take care mm-hmm. of his family. Mm-hmm. And so I told him, I keep your head up. You got what it takes. And I kept encouraging him every yes. week. I kept pouring into him. And, and I, I remember God took him from putting ham ketchup on hamburgers mm-hmm. to getting a job at H.J. Hines where he was making the ketchup for the hamburgers, you know, but again, but I watched him evolve in his confidence and having unshakable faith that he could believe and he could provide Mm -hmm. for his family. Mm -hmm. And so he talks about having that unshakable faith. And so it's a, it's a real easy read. Uh, for anybody. And it's filled with practical advice on becoming a better man. And and I think that, you know, as men, you know, uh, you know, I believe in men leading their families, men being out front. And I think that, you know, any woman worth her salt would love to have a good man in her life I, and a man I, to lead. I would suggest that that's the case. Yes, indeed. And I don't believe that, you know, uh, uh, men, I'm, I'm a firm believer. When I go to the, the John Eagle and I gave him a free plug for them, when I go to the supermarket, I go down the produce aisle. And you know what, Doc? I've never heard lettuce screaming out, I'm ahead, I'm ahead, I'm ahead. <laughs> the lettuce is not screaming, I'm ahead of a lettuce. I'm ahead, I'm ahead, I'm ahead. What are you saying? Listen, brothers, we don't have to act, we don't have to scream it. We can just be it. Mm -hmm. And I believe if you do some work on yourself, if you get those men around you, you know, that sharpens you and make you better. We all need those individuals that will challenge us to be better. And I believe as men, we can come forward. We will be better as a result of doing some work. As you said, going back to the four pivots, that mirror work, that mirror work, you know, that's that's the thing. We don't like that mirror, you know. Because it talks back at us Listen, loud, it, and it, clear. loud and clear. Because that mirror will let you know. Now, you know those polka dots and stripes don't go together. And you just be walking out thinking you cute. And we'd be saying, what happened? Did you get dressed in the dark? You know, but you got well, you you to do your mirror work. nowadays, though, polka dots yeah. and stripes you go know, together. Now, listen, you know, and I'm put some plaid on top of it. Say, right. <laughs> <laughs> so all those well, rules listen, are gone now. <laughs> I know. Rules are out the door. Well, listen, uh, we are so grateful. We, we know we were longer than we normally are. But we just wanted to share with you the importance of reading and why we believe reading will make you better. And we hope you've taken some nuggets from this, you know, get that person. Who do you trust you with? And it's okay. My takeaway is docker. Who do I trust me with? Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be, it's okay to say, I'm not okay. It's okay. You to know, say I'm not okay. and I, look for some, I love what you said. It's okay to talk to the therapist. Sometimes that, you know, whoever's in your circle, right? Well, listen, that, that's going to be the person by that any, help by you. any means necessary. necessary. So listen, we appreciate you. Listen, we want to encourage you go uh, again on our Facebook page. What's up? Cause go to our Facebook page. You'll see a beautiful picture of the one and only Dr. Sharon McDaniel and myself. You'll see our page right there. You can put in the chat right there or put on the page what you are reading. And we're going to select somebody. It might be two somebody. You never know. We want to know what you're reading and why give us a quick synopsis of why you're reading 
what you read. And we're going to pick somebody and we're going to make sure we announce who that is. We're going to give you a gift card where you can go to lunch and you can buy a book and read your good book at lunch. And I thank you for your time. And as I like to always say, Doc, I thank you for coming and being beautiful and magnificent as you always are. And as I love to close and say, what's up, cuz? What's up, cuz? Until we meet again, you guys stay strong and know that God loves you and keep the shiny side up.